The views and opinions expressed on this program are not necessarily those of this station, JVC Broadcasting Management, or its sponsors. Welcome to History Island, celebrating the rich history of Long Island. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the show. Um, Welcome to November, and here we are on History Island on 103.9 FM, LI News Radio, and I'm Dale Spencer, your host. So we have a really nice show for you tonight. Uh, Let's start out with a few important things. Uh, One thing we want to talk about is the food fight against hunger that is going on November 18th and 19th, and that's Ally News Radio that's uh, doing that, and it's uh, got a lot of sponsors, Walmart, um, all different people. It's going to be at 901 Boulevard East, Yapank, New York, and you can come down and you can donate. There's going to be all kinds of great things that go on that day, a really, really nice event. Um, This is sponsored by JVC Broadcasting, Ally News Radio. Um, It's a really nice event. Before we go any farther, I just want to thank my producer, John Gifford. I really couldn't do the show without him. He was instrumental last week, as was my research director, Janet Rishpita. And she was instrumental in that show, too. And we never really got to thank them. But, boy, that was a lot of fun on Halloween last week. I hope you all had fun with it. So, anyway, this week, we're going to talk about an important subject for November. And it kind of comes up every year. And that is... Hunger on Long Island, and world hunger for that matter. Um, The guy that I want to start by talking about is the person, really, the reason why we're all here doing what we do, and that is Mr. Harry Chapin, okay? Harry Chapin, one of the most important people um, in Long Island's history in this whole fight against hunger, world hunger. Harry uh, was an interesting guy. He was born in New York City. He was born um, in 1942, December 7th, 42. And he was um, he had, uh, he was the second of four children in his family. His father, Jim Chapin, was actually a percussionist and played with the Woody Herman Band at one point. He was a pretty well-known musician. And, um, and anyway, um, he, so what happened is the family... Um, the family grew up. They uh, were all musicians. Harry's brothers and him all started playing music, and they um, were pretty involved with music through their life. Now, as Harry grew up, um, he um, he started um, doing different kinds of work. He went to college. He became a documentary filmmaker in the 60s, and actually he um, directed a film in 1968 called The Legendary Champions. It was a boxing film, and he actually was nominated for a Documentary Academy Award for that work at that time. But that was, you know, work for him, and it was something he did, but he really loved music. So by 1971, he got together with a few of his friends, including Big John Wallace, his forever bass player and accompanist, and he started playing music and playing in the clubs in New York City. Well, next thing you know, by 1972, he was noticed by the record companies, and there was a big fight between a couple of record companies to try to sign him, and um, actually Electra Records signed him. So Electra Records signed him, and he put out an album called Heads and Tails, and um, it had a big hit on it called Taxi. And Taxi propelled Harry right into the limelight, and he became pretty much of a, uh, you know, a big-time musician after that for the rest of his career. Over Harry's career, 
Um, quite a modest career. He only sold 16 million records in his time. Um, he released 14 singles over his career, and all of those singles got on the charts and became hits. He had quite a career, and he made a lot of money. But what Harry did, and he started early on, is he started being concerned with other causes. He wanted to make humanity a better place. So one of the things he started early was World Hunger Year. He started doing telethons and all kinds of events to try to improve the situation of hunger on Long Island and in other places. Um, well, anyway, you know what I think we'll do? Let's let you hear a little bit from Harry himself in October of 1974, October 14th to be precise. Him and John Denver did a special and they talked a lot about world hunger. Let's hear a little bit of what he had to say at that point. When I really started to get to know you is when you, you came to me and, and really brought to my attention in a very uh, focused way the terrible problem now with the world food crisis. And I know you wanted to talk about that tonight. Could you just tell me how you got involved in it? First? Well, uh, frankly, it, it started out with a, a friend of mine who's sort of the rock priest, a guy named Bill Ayers, who's a, a sort of a communications guy who happens to be in the Catholic Church. I'm not Catholic, but he was over at my house one time and uh, saying that, you know, it's telling me some things that I just hadn't known anything about. Uh, I mean, the sub-Sahara drought situation, uh, the things that are happening in India. And uh, I was uh, stru struck immediately just by the awesome numbers and the fact that we finally... Uh, through communication and through the fact that all the quantitative things that we've been counting on uh, are running out, that we're really going to have to face, face this problem. And uh, there's a kind of disquiet as we sit here in our American castle and realize, even with our problems, that we look incredibly fantastic compared to what is happening in the rest of the world. We have a piece of film that I think brings that message home, and I want to show it, uh, and then we'll talk some more about Great. it. Over the last two or three years, the world food situation, marginal in the best of times, has taken a terrible turn for the worse. Droughts, floods, the sharply higher prices of the petroleum products used for fertilizer, unchecked population growth, and the generally wretched world economic situation have all conspired to create a global food shortage. In a world whose population increases by 200,000 people every day, much of the developing regions have diets that range from the merely inefficient insufficient to starvation. Millions of people wear the swollen bellies of hunger and undernourishment, and the stark truth is that man's ability to produce food is no longer keeping pace with the population explosion, as these films indicate. The situation in certain areas has already become terrifying. But what's happening now only in Bangladesh or the Sub-Sahara, as Harry pointed out, could easily spread to much of the rest of the world. This planet now has less than a month's supply of food reserves. And if Asia were to be hit by a bad monsoon season, or if our continent suffered a severe drought, more hundreds of millions would be severely malnourished, and millions of others would be dead. The thing that amazes me is that two-thirds of the world population lives in developing countries, which you just spoke of. And half of those people are suffering from acute malnutrition. It's and one billion. One billion people. One billion people. And, and half of their, of their children never live past the age of six because of this. You know, it's, it's hard for Americans to really appreciate why disproportionate consumption really aggravates an already terrible problem. Uh, explain this layout, and I think it'll yeah, be well, this, I mean, this is an attempt to be graphic, so you'll have to forgive us, but this is the average American meal, around 3,200 to 4,000 calories a day. Uh, that compares to what we actually need, 
of about 2,300 calories, which would be more in the order of this meal here, uh, uh, fish and uh, more high-protein high things, but in a more efficient manner. So this is about 3,500, 3,600 right. calories, the American meal. That, what we really need biologically, is right. how many calories? That's uh, 2,300. And what are the people eating in the sub-Sahara and in Bangladesh? Well, around 1,000. 1,000 calories. 1,000 calories. And they're getting it usually in this form, uh, either rice, uh, yams, uh, something called legumes, which is a kind of bean. And uh, uh, what that does, actually, for example, for those that it doesn't kill, it, it'll permanently uh, impair uh, the mental ability of a child, for example, even if he's uh, as suddenly picked up or uh, got a good diet at the age of six, for example, after that kind of deprivation. Well, you know, this is very graphic, as you've said, especially for people who who eat normally this kind of meal, but what can we do about it? Well, I'll give you a very quick analogy that will apply to something that's coming up the World Food Conference uh, from November 6th to November 15th. Uh, everybody talks about last year the incredible influx of telegrams that came in after Cox resigned and uh, Cox was fired and Richardson and Ruckelshaus resigned that caused a tremendous upheaval in the American political scene. Well, actually, for example, in New York State, what that tremendous influx of telegrams meant was that Buckley and Javits got about 8,000 telegrams out of 18 million people. Now, out of this program tonight, it's, it would be very simple to, gen to generate 8,000 telegrams just because of the amount of people you're talking Directed to whom saying what? Well, it's very, very specific. In American politics, the shortest uh, distance creates the most power. In other words, to your congressman and your senator, you don't send it to Kissinger and Butts who are going over to the World Food Conference. What you send it to is your congressman and your senator. And this, it's very simple to do. You pick up your phone, you say, Western Union, and within 14 words, I think it's something like $2.50, $3, something like that. They bill it directly to your phone bill. All you have to do is do that, and you really are doing something uh, amazing because of what happened, for example, last fall with uh, that kind of... What do you say in that? What, do you say, what you say is that, I, yes, I am concerned about the planet being one people together. I hope that the people watching will send telegrams supporting the position of the developing countries on the world food crisis. The thing that I'm curious about is why... People like you and John, you've done so many benefits. Why do you okay, we'll be right back. You're listening to LI News Radio, 103.9 FM, and I'm Dale Spencer, your host. Be right back. Hi, my name is Mike Cueva. And I'm Lisa Steffens, and we work at BLD's Restaurant on Hawkins Avenue in Ronkonkoma. And we would love for everybody to come on down and visit us and check out our food items and our friendly atmosphere. We decorate all the time year-round. And like I said, we are family-owned. I'm there 20 years. Mike next to me is there about 15. And we would love everybody to come in and join us. Yeah, you have to try our pancakes, our waffles, our French toast, even our Ribs are good. Burgers are great as well. And don't forget, our police officers, our veterans, our fire department, we give discounts for veterans, police officers, seven days a week. So come on down and visit us. Our business hours are 7 a.m. to 9 p.m. And we're known for your home away from home. Well, welcome back, everybody, to History Island, 103.9 FM, LI News Radio. And, of course, I'm Dale Spencer, your history guy, your host. So we've been listening to for a little while. Um, Harry Chapin, that was actually in October of 1974, 
only two years after Harry became successful, he was immediately going for these causes, and world hunger became an early one. So that version of Goodnight America you were listening to, Geraldo Rivera, John Denver, and Harry Chapin, all talking about world hunger. And this became a cause for Harry right away. He started doing all kinds of uh, events that would go with this to raise money. Eventually, over his career, he pretty much gave almost half the money he made selling 16 million records to World Hunger Year, an organization that he developed. And it went on and on. At one point, he got WNEWFM to do a yearly Thanksgiving marathon to help raise money for uh, World Hunger Year. And all the big stars of music and entertainment at that time would come on. Of course, when you listen to all of them talk later on, what they all say is Harry would just never let up. If you went to an event and Harry was there, he would hound you and hound you and hound you until you helped them a little with this effort to to battle world hunger and it was harry's cause it became the cause of his life one of the things he said was uh money is a great thing to have he said but money is for people and he gave his money away and he would really put his money where his mouth was because with all the money he made he gave it all away so what harry did was um as he went along he had created world hunger year and um he eventually um he got I raised a lot of money through World Hunger Year. And um, it went on and on. And he eventually, like I said, got NEW to get involved. He started a, a congressional commission, um, started by Jimmy Carter, and they examined World Hunger. And Ari went actually to every meeting of that, never missed a meeting. He eventually got a congressional gold medal of honor for his work. And later, later in his life, he actually started an organization called Long Island Cares. And Long Island Cares actually um, continues to this day. And what happened is all of these, this work that Harry did early in his life and all the money he gave away and the dedication that he gave to this cause created a whole world of great, great organizations that have worked to really, really um, you know, affect this issue and, and help. So anyway, we have an important guest on tonight, and we're going to introduce you to him right now, and that's Joe Barry. And he's the chief development officer of Island Harvest Food Banks. And Island Harvest is one of the biggest on Long Island, and they do really great work. And I want to welcome you to the show, Joe. How you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you very much for having me. Oh, good, good. So um, why don't you tell us a little about what you guys are up to on, um, with, uh, you know, Island Harvest. Terrific. Uh, to continue with your theme of history, I did want to share the history of Island Harvest. So Island Harvest, uh, a little over 32 years ago, uh, a woman by the name of Linda Brightstone uh, was volunteering at a women's shelter. Every day when she would go to the uh, shelter, she would stop at a 7-Eleven and she would watch as they uh, would change their inventory and get rid of their fresh baked goods and they would throw it away. And she said, the women in this shelter really could benefit from having this food. It's still good food. It's still something that's going to make a difference uh, for somebody's life. And unfortunately, they said, we're required to throw it away. Well, tell a person no, uh, and she changed the course of history. She formed uh, Island Harvest, uh, which was our first food rescue organization uh, on Long Island. Uh, began with a network of volunteers uh, who would rescue food, uh, starting with some of the convenience stores, uh, but also going and continuing on this to this day, uh, where we rescue food uh, from grocery stores and all different organizations, including restaurants uh, and the like. 
uh, and we've grown to uh, become uh, the largest uh, food bank on Long Island. Oh, wow, that's pretty amazing because there is so much food waste from restaurants. Yeah, absolutely. You know, as an organization, our mission is simple. We have two um, missions, and the first one is to end hunger for Long Island from Nassau County and Suffolk County, uh, as well as to reduce food waste. Oh, wow, that's pretty amazing. Now, have you you found um, in recent, uh, let's say the last couple of years since the pandemic, how has the whole picture changed as far as the need of people? Well, the, you know, as you say, the pandemic was a big um, turning point for Island Harvest. Uh, as a rescue organization and as a food bank uh, in our area, uh, we were distributing uh, approximately 9 million pounds of food uh, island-wide at the beginning of this. Uh, and then at the uh, height of the pandemic, um, a lot of the uh, grocery stores and local places uh, were running short on food. Uh, if you remember at that time, uh, the supply chain was disrupted. Uh, our volunteers were disrupted. Uh, people were a little reluctant to come out and volunteer. Uh, and that's really one of the things that makes uh, um, Island Harvest uh, go as an organization. Uh, and then at the uh, same time, uh, the number of people needing assistance grew dramatically. Uh, so in the in a short period of time, our board of directors got behind the organization, allowed us to expand our food purchasing uh, to make sure that we were providing healthy, nutritious food for families who were in need. Uh, and during the pandemic, uh, we had uh, five of the top seven uh, food distributions that took place uh, during the pandemic uh, in, in all-time uh, New York history, uh, including at, at, at its height, uh, 5,000 families uh, who we assisted at the Nassau Coliseum uh, during the height of the pandemic. Oh, wow. That's all pretty amazing. And I, I never heard about any of that work. Like, I guess most people don't hear about that. Mm-hmm. It's the people in need who really get served who hear, all hear about it. Yeah. Uh, I'd like to prefer that uh, most people hear about it uh, from our army of volunteers. Uh, at the height of the pandemic, they were limited. Uh, but uh, it's really grown back uh, to being the impact uh, and uh, neighbors caring for neighbors uh, is really what it all comes down to and uh, making sure that we're able to provide hope for people. Uh, making sure that uh, we're providing the type of foods that they want, uh, making sure that it's healthy, nutritious food, uh, support it, providing them with supporting ser- supportive services around that food. Uh, and ultimately, for most of the people we serve, we hope it's just a bump in the road uh, in their lives uh, where uh, they became food insecure uh, and where we're uh, transitioning back to making sure that uh, they have what it is that they need uh, and they can prepare it uh, in their uh, home because the majority of the people that we serve here on Long Island uh, are struggling to make ends meet. Many of them are working two and three jobs and they're having trouble um, with that time balance. And food is sometimes that first thing that uh, is the indicator that something's up uh, and that they need assistance. Uh, and we want to make sure that it's done uh, in a way that it provides, uh, that it maintains for them their dignity and self-respect, uh, but making sure that their needs, needs are met and also that we're providing additional services along with that food. Oh, okay. And, um, and so I imagine one of the challenges of the food is that there are many different ethnic groups that are involved with needing food, right? People fall through the cracks. 
And um, yeah, that's got to be quite a challenge to, to cover all that. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, I think uh, to, to make sure that we have uh, culturally appropriate food uh, is, is very uh, important. Uh, also, when people come in, uh, you know, there are certain uh, communities and cultures uh, where it is, uh, you know, substantial uh, embarrassment or um, uncomfortability in asking for assistance. Uh, that's why we at Island Harvest uh, have a staff that speak seven different languages, uh, making sure that uh, we're meeting people where they are so that when someone is on the other side of um, the uh, table from them, uh, that they're able to understand them, to have walked in their footprints, uh, to make sure that um, we're providing what is necessary and that you know, it ultimately uh, is volunteers or staff that are going to make sure uh, that we're going to meet that need uh, and do it in a responsible way. So, you know, if you're not going to eat, um, um, you know, so- pasta and sauce, we're going to make sure you're going to have uh, rice and beans or whatever it is uh, that's uh, appropriate for them. Uh, same thing at uh, this time of year, of course, um, you know, Thanksgiving is a very important meal, uh, especially if you are food insecure, uh, to make sure that you have that special holiday meal uh, that's nutritious and well-balanced. But that also means that, you know, sometimes we have to have a kosher turkey. Sometimes we have to have a halal turkey or chicken, uh, making sure that uh, we're, we're doing things that are going to allow. And some people don't eat meat uh, and making sure that you have that uh, as well. Uh, because, again, uh, as Americans, that is a, it's a very symbolic uh, day uh, and holiday. Uh, and so that was, is what brings us to our uh, uh, turkeys and trimmings uh, campaign that we're in right now. Oh, okay. Why don't you tell us a little more about that? Sure. Uh, in terms of um, the uh, um, turkeys and trimmings campaign, um, right now we're on target uh, to serve uh, 121,500 uh, holiday meals uh, for families across Nassau and Suffolk County. And in doing so, making sure that uh, we are having that on Friday, we have our uh, uh, turkey drive with Beth Page Federal Credit Union uh, from uh, 7 a.m. till 6 p.m. at night. Hey, Joe, coming up on the break, uh, hang on a minute, and we'll come back and we'll talk more about that, okay? Terrific. Uh, Here we are, History Island, 103.9 FM, LA News Radio. We'll be right back with Joe Barry, okay? Come on back. Welcome back. History Allen on 103.9 FM LA News Radio. Anyway, while you're out there shopping for Christmas and shopping for food in your busy, busy life, take a stop by our number one sponsor, Handy Pantry on Smithtown Boulevard in Wisconsin. It's a great shop. It's pretty much a little deli shop. Does great breakfast, great lunch items, best egg sandwich you'll get anywhere around. They do cold cut specials all year round, various specials. Um, really good, good quality stuff over there. They have a great beverage selection, big selection of fresh rolls every day, a breakfast bar. Um, go over see Scotty and his crew over there, um, Smithtown Boulevard in Wisconsin, just east of Old Nichols Road, and they'll take good care of you. One of our other sponsors. L.I. Elite Limo in St. James. Best limo company on Long Island. 
Okay, they're the most reliable. They run beautiful, clean, solidly, mechanically great cars. Um, they will bring you wherever you want to go. You want to do an airport trip? You want to go and do a tailgate party at a game or a concert? Um, they will take you and get you back safe. Want to send your kids to the prom or to a birthday party or anything like that? Uh, long distance trips, no problem. Whatever you need, LA Elite is there for you. We have a variety of cars to offer you. So go see them and uh, you will like it. And of course, our original sponsor is Gino's Pizza on Portion Road in Lake Ronkonkoma. Gino's Pizza is the number one pizza place voted on Long Island in the last year. And um, they will, they're doing Christmas uh, catering things, all kinds of different things. And they will take good care of you. And um, go, go see um, Austin over there or Marco or Dom. And they'll treat you like your family when you go into Gino's. So anyway, now that we got the business out of the way, uh, let's get back and talk to our special guest, Joe Barry, the Chief Development Officer of Island Harvest. And um, well, before we got interrupted by the break, uh, we were talking about um, some of the Christmas activities that you guys are doing. Sure. So uh, this uh, this Friday uh, at uh, Beth Page Federal Credit Union's uh, headquarters at 899 South Oyster Bay Road, we will be doing a food drive. Uh, this is where neighbors will bring out turkeys. We're hoping to eclipse. Last year, we had uh, a little over 4,000 turkeys that were delivered on that day uh, to uh, Beth Page's head headquarters. Uh, and then we use them to supplement uh, the purchases that we make for turkeys uh, to make sure that we're able to uh, meet the demand. And the demand is very high this year. It's going to be our highest uh, ever. And we're prepared for 121,500 uh, holiday meals for families this uh, Thanksgiving. Wow. You guys must really be under the gun. How do you do all that work for this one holiday, right? That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. And like I said earlier, uh, you know, this is a very uh, important holiday uh, from a mindset uh, to make sure that families have what they need uh, this holiday season. For holidays, turkey time for us uh, runs right through, uh, through December 30th. Uh, where we're really uh, pushing uh, the drive. It is the one time of year when a lot of people think of us, uh, despite the fact that uh, hunger is an issue uh, year-round. Uh, we do want to uh, make sure to uh, do the most with this. Uh, also, uh, next Wednesday, the night before Thanksgiving, uh, the New York Islanders uh, will be uh, hosting a food drive uh, to benefit uh, Island Harvest uh, with, uh, uh, I think it's four uh, cans of uh, food. Um, Islander fans uh, can get a ticket to a future uh, game. Uh, and also $10 from every uh, ticket purchased uh, from the Islanders this year uh, on that, for that game uh, will benefit Island Harvest Food Bank. Oh, that's really great. Yeah. Um, at least we got something really positive going on with the Islanders right now, because otherwise <laughs> things aren't going too good. No, they but, had a rough night last night. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We love our Islanders, though. And um, so that's great, everybody. Go out and see a game. And uh, also, it's a chance to go see the UBS Arena, a wonderful place to go to. And um, yeah, um, you know, that's a, uh, it's really good. I didn't even know about that one. I hadn't heard about that food drive. That's great. Yeah. Last year it was a, a huge success uh, for us, uh, and uh, between the periods, you can see uh, our president and CEO uh, take a shot from Mid Ice uh, to see if they can double the donation from Stop and Shop, who's a, a key partner for us. Oh, okay. And um, can people also donate at Stop and Shop? Uh, so, if you have holiday food uh, and you wish to uh, drop it off, 
all of the Long Island Panera Bread uh, locations uh, will accept donations uh, of even perishable items, as well as any quick check uh, station uh, will also accept it. Uh, and Island Harvest has uh, our holiday heroes uh, who go around and pick those up on a regular basis and make sure that we are able to uh, distribute it out uh, through our 300 member agencies, as well as our five, the 500 uh, programs that they run island, uh, island-wide. Oh, okay. So that's for all you guys out there in our audience, okay? When you go out shopping with this holiday season starting now, um, when you're shopping, everyone out there who has enough food and enough money to buy food for their family, buy a couple of extra items and then take them and donate them because it makes a big difference. If you're ever looking for an opportunity uh, to uh, help uh, in the fight against hunger on Long Island, Island Harvest uh, will have volunteers at the majority of the grocery stores across Long Island uh, last weekend, this upcoming weekend. Uh, It's a great opportunity. I know I took uh, uh, my daughter's soccer team. Uh, We were at the Stop and Shop in Medford uh, last week. Uh, in four hours. Uh, it's just amazing to me to see how generous people are. Uh, we hand out a uh, list of healthy, nutritious food items uh, for people to donate. Uh, in four hours, uh, with a small soccer team of uh, young ladies, uh, 13-year-old uh, girls, we were able to uh, generate uh about 1,200 pounds of um, donations, uh, and on top of that, uh, we were able to get uh, 13 turkeys uh, that people purchased uh, and uh, brought out, uh, and then also uh, beyond that, uh, they were able to, uh, folks were generous enough to give an uh, approximately a little over $500. Now, we have 26 type of those food drives going on across Long Island. Uh, some of them are at Stop and Shop, ShopRite, uh, Holiday Farms, uh, and we're always looking looking for volunteers. So if you want to give your child an opportunity to really understand how to help somebody and uh, dig into that spirit of uh, giving this holiday season, uh, you certainly can contact Island Harvest or go on our website at islandharvest.org. So I-S-L-A-N-D-H-A-R-V-E-S-T dot O-R-G. And we can set you up with volunteer opportunities or giving opportunities or many other things. Uh, we believe that everybody has talent uh, and they can bring it to it. And we have a network of a little over 20,000 volunteers who make us go. Uh, and so that could be your corporate team who want to help us uh, with a distribution or unpacking food. All, all people are uh, welcome. Uh, and there's a lot of ways that you can help. Oh, wow. And that's an important thing. And also, people out there, think about this. That might be a way to get your kid's face out of the cell phone and get them out there and have them socialize a little with some other people who are doing some good for the world. And, you know, as I was taught as a child, if you do, if, if all of us just did a little bit of good for this world, this would be such a better place. And you don't have to do too much here. I mean, this is an easy thing to do, fun, rewarding. It's not hard. Um, to buy a couple of extra pieces of food is not going to kill most people. But believe me, there's a lot of people out there who they're living paycheck to paycheck. And what it comes down to is sometimes they have to make a choice between food, pay the rent, or buy medicine. And it's a tough choice because you need all those things. Absolutely. Uh, You know, right here on Long Island, I think it would shock a lot of people to understand that uh, there is one in 10 children who are currently facing food insecurity. Uh, One in 17 Long Islanders are doing that. Uh, And ultimately, it is uh, oftentimes a lost job, a car issue, 
uh, healthcare bills, things along those lines, that'll push somebody uh, from being able to purchase a couple of cans of food for somebody else uh, and bring them to a situation uh, where they're they're in need of assistance uh, with that food insecurity. Yeah, right. And I'm sure there's we have some people out there that are listening tonight who probably are having this problem themselves. And what I would suggest is, you know, don't be embarrassed. Don't be too proud. Go seek help if you need it, because these people are here to help you. And, um, you know, we all need to eat. You need to take care of your family and yourself, because not having the right food will make you not perform in life the right way. It's a really important thing. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think, uh, you know, the most common way that uh, we address uh, food uh, with our children is with our school backpack program. Uh, so children who re- are eligible for uh, receiving uh, reduced uh, and free and reduced breakfast and lunch uh, meals. Uh, oftentimes, well, are the administrators, uh, school psychologists, and nurses approached Island Harvest about that issue uh, because when you're hungry, you're not able to behave. You're mm-hmm. certainly not able to learn. Uh, mm-hmm. So now we have a, a program uh, where in Suffolk County, uh, Suffolk Bus uh, Company helps us. Uh, in Nassau County, Amazon uh, helps us. Uh, and they dis- distribute uh, food uh, to the schools so that they can be have a meal for the entire family for the weekend. Uh, and then the administrators from that school will put that uh, food in a backpack so that the child will be able to have it. No, none of his, uh, his or her uh, peers are going to be aware that they are struggling with it, uh, but it's done in a way that's going to provide a quality meal uh, for the weekend so that when they come back to school, uh, they have the support they need. Well, that's important, and the backpack thing's really important because kids tend to be somewhat cruel at times, and they could bully the kid who's in that position to do that. That's really great. Yeah. Um, so what are the kinds of services do you guys do? You um, help veterans, right? Absolutely. Uh, so we have Operation Hope. Uh, so Nassau and Suffolk County has the largest concentration of veterans uh, in the country. Uh, and in doing that, uh, that's a very uh, vulnerable population uh, for Long Island. Uh, Island Harvest uh, serves uh, the, the largest number of uh, them uh, at the uh, VA hospital uh, in Huntington. Mm. Uh, and beyond that, uh, also we have Operation Hope, where we deliver uh, to uh, some of our seniors. And that's a program that we operate uh, exclusively with veterans who work for Island Harvest, uh, because veterans are one of those populations I mentioned who are often reluctant to ask for assistance. Uh, but when they know that somebody's been in their uh, boots before, uh, and they have uh, you know a, a veteran uh, who's offering support, uh, can also share with them the benefits that they may be eligible. Uh, to receive uh, in addition to the food that we're uh, providing. Uh, and so we make sure that we uh, do that. Uh, in addition, we have a uh, we just had a veteran stand down uh, for our veterans where not only we had some uh, great food uh, for them, uh, but clothing and other items uh, at our headquarters. And it was the only uh, uh, veteran stand down that took place over the weekend uh, over the past year. Wow, that's impressive. That is really impressive. Yeah. Because let's say you're a typical family out there and um, you really are finding that you need some help with food, okay? Um, Do you guys have food pantries where people can actually go to pick up food? So we do have some food pantries, uh, but really uh, where Island Harvest um, uh, is most uh, impactful uh, is in supporting the food pantries uh, and soup kitchens uh, and other uh, programs across Long Island. So we have 300 member agencies uh, that operate a little over 500 programs um, because the majority of the people 
people uh, that we serve are folks who are having tr- uh, trouble making ends meet, uh, and oftentimes their time is not their uh, their ally. Uh, because what it really comes down to is many of them are working two and three jobs, uh, trying to keep their head above water. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so we want them to get assistance in their community. Uh, and so a lot of them are in places of worship uh, as well. Uh, and so um, ultimately, uh, we make sure that we provide those organizations with the food that they need. Uh, the number one requested item uh, that they have is milk. Uh, the number two is lean meats. Uh, number three is fresh produce. Uh, and we're the largest distributor uh, of all of those uh, items uh, here on Long Island. Uh, we do also operate a farm, uh, thanks to the uh, Sisters of St. Joseph in Brentwood. They give us a two-acre plot uh, where last year we grew over 14,000 pounds of produce uh, that we were able to distribute out uh, at no cost to uh, Long Island families in need. Oh, well, that's a wonderful thing, and that's a group that's been around for a long time. As a kid, I actually grew up in Brentwood right near that campus right there. And um, now that's a whole other story uh, to talk about the sisters, but they were a great group then. And <laughs> They're uh, great partners. Wow, that's really good. Yeah. Now, if people want to find out, let's say you're sitting out there and you're probably a little bit embarrassed about doing this, um, can people go onto your website to find out where some of these food pantries are absolutely on our website uh, you'll see if you need help uh, and there's a section where you can uh, put in your zip code and you can find uh, resources that are right there in your community Uh, also uh, there is a uh, telephone number uh, that is uh, 1631-450-3775 that you can text your zip code to uh, and that will give you a list of the pantries and soup kitchens in your area. It'll give you their hours of operation, uh, as well as a phone number where you can call uh, to make sure that you can schedule an appointment uh, to come in uh, and get the assistance that you need. Uh, Island Harvest does uh, provide training uh, to all of those member agencies mm-hmm. uh, to make sure that uh, the food that they're giving is healthy, nutritious food, uh, that they're doing it uh, in a way that's secure uh, because we want to make sure that they're uh, providing high quality, the highest quality uh, food and food that you would want to, to provide for your family. Oh, that's great. Could you give us that number one more time so that anyone who might have missed it the first time will definitely get it? Absolutely. It's 631 450 3775 and you just go ahead and you type in a zip code and text it to it and it will give you that list uh, in right in your community oh that's uh yeah so that's a way to go so um i know there's some of you out there who might want to donate a little food maybe do a little volunteering um, maybe get your kids involved. I think that idea of getting your kids involved is a wonderful thing because that'll pay you back somewhere in your life because your kids will see a whole nother side of life that they might not normally see. Absolutely. And, you know, like I said, get them out of the phone and get them involved with some people. Yeah. And it that can change a person's life. Well, I was going to say, uh, that farm I referenced uh, just a little while ago, we have one farmer on that farm. And uh, ultimately, we have groups that go out there every uh, day and help uh, Cassidy, who's the uh, farmer, uh, to uh, grow. And, and we have a, a couple of greenhouses there and an irrigation system. Uh, and if you ever want to volunteer on a farm, this is your opportunity. We need all the help we can get. Uh, this is It actually closes on Friday for the winter. Um, but uh, throughout the summer if you're ever looking uh, for an opportunity uh, that's a great uh, family activity as well as uh, corporate groups uh, and the like who help us uh, rake 
plant, sow, grow, reap the rewards, harvest, uh, all of those things happen on our farm thanks to the volunteers. Oh, and that's great. And that's also, by the way, a beautiful location to go out and spend a day in. Beautiful old building from the 1920s, and it is just gorgeous over there. You'll feel like you've stepped off Long Island for a little while and gotten onto a farm. Mm. But so, see, all of this is really important. You know, a lot of people sit home and they don't realize that there's people, a lot of people out there who are really struggling this year, especially since the pandemic. Because a lot of people's lives, their income and their lives and their normal life fell apart. And it really hasn't ever gotten back to normal yet. It's a slow recovery for a lot of people. Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, at the uh, in the pandemic, there was a lot of resources uh, for a lot of families, uh, despite the fact that there was a great need uh, that existed. Uh, and we projected uh, that there would be uh, declines in terms of needs uh, following the uh, pandemic. Unfortunately, last year we saw that uh, the need grew uh, almost to double uh, the amount uh, of the previous year. Uh, last year we served over 300,000 families. Um, and uh, at the and then uh, this year we thought it was going to decrease, and we're seeing a twenty percent increase so over last year. Uh, so uh, you know, I think it's a reflection of how expensive it is. If you're shopping for your family, you probably saw uh, your grocery bill going up by uh, at least uh, a third again this year, uh, and it becomes a, a little bit of a, a difficult pinch. Uh, but that uh, is is where it's uh, impressive to us to see uh, people come by uh, with their own contributions, uh, as well as uh, being willing to uh, purchase uh, a few items uh, for their neighbors in need. Right, and it's important. I mean, there's no one who goes shopping. If you say that you don't see the difference in grocery prices, you're not shopping. It's as simple <laughs> as that, because we see it every week when we go. Yeah. It's hard to go in and spend on the $50 to even buy just a couple of items. Yeah. Yeah, so, um, well, you know, um, I want to thank you for the work that you guys are doing. Um, anything else you want to say while you're here? And ultimately, uh, tis the season. Uh, Island Harvest uh, is looking for uh, assistance. Uh, we need it all year round, uh, but uh, certainly uh, we want to encourage people to uh, check on our website for opportunities and volunteer opportunities. Once again, that's islandharvest.org. Uh, is where you can access uh, a lot of information about hunger uh, and about the hunger uh, on Long Island. Uh, but also, uh, equally as important, is that's where you can get uh, information on how you can make a difference uh, for your neighbors this holiday season. Oh, that's great. Hey, listen, Joe, thank you so much for coming on. Um, I think after the holiday, we'll get back with you and we'll see how everything went for the season there. And um, everybody, you got the website, get in touch with them. Um, whether you need something or whether you want to do some volunteering, do a little volunteering is really good for the heart. It'll make you feel a lot better about the world that you live in if you help some of the people around you. Yeah, and if you come down on Friday to the Bethpage uh, Federal Credit Union Turkey Drive, you'll see an amazing amount of good happening uh, throughout the day. Uh, and we're going to be uh, live on uh, News 12 uh, in the morning, and it should be a great uh, day uh, for everybody uh, to really uh, have an impact and to help others. Okay, there you go, everybody. So now you know what to do. Help out. Or get help if you need it. Uh, thanks, Joe, so much. Uh, have a great holiday, and we'll talk to you soon, okay? Thank you. Mm -hmm. And uh, everybody, uh, like I said, help out, okay? And beside that, you know what I always say. Take care of each other, okay? Love each other. Take care of each other. Give your fellow neighbors a good word. Give people a smile when you see them because the world needs that so much right now. 
And、um, so, anyway, you are listening to History Ellen 103.9 FM, and I've been Dale Spencer, your host. I thank you. We'll see you back here next week, okay? Everybody take care of each other and have some fun. The views and opinions expressed on this program are not necessarily those of this station, JVC Broadcasting Management, or its sponsors.